0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I just, before uh, I dismiss, I want you to recognize, just as the Lord showed me this, just as I was praying, um... I said this, you know, that we're, we're grateful that He's doing more than we can see and comprehend. And um, whether you know it or not, uh, sorry, Sarah, um, putting you on the spot, but she gave her testimony several months ago of, of how the Lord gave, she had this desire to sing and this desire to lead worship, and the Lord gave it to her, um, And that was something more than we could see or comprehend. You guys didn't know that she was doing that. But you have been blessed by the fruit of it. Right? You've been blessed by the fruit of it. Jay has been blessed by the fruit of it. Jay doesn't have to scramble when he needs to be somewhere else. When he needs to go be with family, he doesn't need to scramble and try to find somebody to lead worship for us. Anymore, the Lord has answered a lot of prayers and He was doing more than we could see or comprehend. But the other thing you need to realize is the only way that that's possible is because she was connected to the body first. Because being connected to the body of Christ unlocks potential and purpose and promise and destiny that we did not know was possible for ourselves. And It is absolutely impossible that she comes to this place to lead worship for us this morning without being engaged with you all. The importance of being connected to the body of Christ, I cannot emphasize it enough. And I cannot emphasize it With the appropriate amount of significance for the days that we are living in, we have to be connected to one another. We have to engage with one another. We have to. There are so many that got into this habit of not coming to church because of the pandemic and they still don't come to church. And I'm not talking about this to plug a service, that's not what it's about. It's about coming to be with the body of Christ, that is church, to be a part of the body of Christ. We get to celebrate being together on a Sunday. That's the one thing about the routine of church on Sundays that I love. is that I know I have at least one opportunity this week to be with you. I can't guarantee that I'll see you any other day of the week or that we'll run into each other, but there is one day that we get to be together the body of Christ. That, that value has to return. We have to return to the recognition that without one another, we will not ever walk in fullness. Ever. It is impossible. You want to come debate that with me? Let's do it. I challenge you to say otherwise. I challenge you to say otherwise. We are not meant to do this life alone. And we are not meant to do it without each other. Individually members one of another. Made for each other. When you hurt, I hurt. When I rejoice, you rejoice whether you like it or not. But all that to say is that being connected produces fruit in others that you cannot see or comprehend until it is right in front of you and you are getting to partake in it. And that's what we got to do this morning. So thank you for your faithfulness to pursue the Lord and thank you, body of Christ, for your faithfulness to pursue her. Because without you, the fullness of her is not realized. And without her, the fullness that you have is not realized. Amen? That's not what we're talking about this morning. That's not the message. But this is, side note, it's a bonus message. You get to take it home with you. You got a bonus message. Uh, we will do children's church at this time. Where are our children? Are you going to Will you get them? Cool. I just realized that my own children are not here. They're somewhere. They're somewhere. They're learning how to do new things all the time. Uh, most of the time, I don't see them learning. I just see them having learned these new things. Kai uh, Kai's a big, uh, I want to do what big brother's doing. as all little brothers are, but he takes it to a new level. Liam had an ear infection, so he's getting medicine. Kai knows where the medicine is. It's, it's It's the highest counter that we can get in our house. And he has figured out a way to not only access said medicine, bring it down, and now he's working on opening it. And so we got to discover him in that process, thank God, uh, as he's learning to open medicine, to just self-diagnose and give himself medicine so that he's right there with big brother. He doesn't want to fall behind. So we are always learning that they are much more capable than we are comfortable with. Um, I'm glad they're capable. I just wish they would chill out just a little bit on some of the scary stuff. Um, but anyways, this morning, it's, it's good to be here with you this morning. We're getting some cool weather finally, and, um, and I, I'm, I'm excited about that. Last week we talked about that we are in the world and not of it. And Jesus, recognize that Jesus came to die that we could say that. That we're in the world, not of it. You're not of it because you're a son, because you're a daughter, a co-heir with Christ, and your inheritance is the kingdom of heaven. And you, royalty, a royal nation, a royal priesthood, you are in this world. And we are here, and that is the, that is there should be so much hope in that for the people around us because the the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven are here with full authority to operate and establish the kingdom of heaven here their answers that they have are found within us because the spirit of god fills us and he will lead into all truth and righteousness So every circumstance, every situation, He carries the answer and the fruit and the provision for it. And guess who gets to carry it? We do. And we get to carry it into a thousand different circumstances and to a thousand different places each and every day. We get to carry answers that people need. We are set apart, sent to reconcile the world back to God. But how? Well, that answer is probably obvious we show them Jesus. As He loved, we love. As we are led into truth by the Holy Spirit, we lead them into the truth. It is impossible to be led into truth without the Holy Spirit. There is no other gate gateholder, gatekeeper, door guy. No way. He will lead you into all truth and righteousness. Not He in this and this, and you may stumble upon it a little bit. He is the keeper of truth. And He dwells within us. And what truth is that? that we, what truth does He lead us into? As we run, recognize the vision that He's spoken over this house. As we run to meet the prodigal sons and daughters that are seeking to return home, what truth do we offer them? We've said this several times, that we will meet them with truth and righteousness. We will put a ring on their finger and a robe over their shoulders. But what truth? It's important to see that the father in this story, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but whatever. The father in this, in this story, not only did he run to meet the prodigal son that was seeking to return home, but he offered him the perfect truth to the mental state and circumstance that he found himself in. He needed; He had a slave mentality as he was coming back. That I am only worthy to be called a slave. So what truth did he meet him with? That you are a son. We can't make that less significant than what it is. It was the perfect answer to where he was right there when he encountered it. And we are equipped with those answers. But unfortunately, there are a lot of issues that plague the world that we have no answer to. And I say we have no answer to it because there they're along the lines of taboo topics in our Christian culture. So we don't pursue them because there are difficult answers in them. But here's the thing, if we, the church, if we, the church, do not pursue the answers to these topics that the world is struggling and dealing with, we leave it open for the world to define. If we don't introduce the truth to them, then we leave it open for them to interpret on their own and look at where we are now because we've left it open for them to interpret. Let's just look at one, identity. Look at where we are now. Because that was a difficult topic. It was a topic, it was difficult. It's a difficult subject for the church because it requires something of you. You will not have your identity apart from Christ and apart from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is unpredictable and He requires your life. And you're going to have to get your hands dirty because He asks for co-laborers, not, not viewers. He asked for people to be in the wheat field with Him on their hands and knees, plucking the crop. Jesus does, and He's right there with us. But that requires work, and that's inconvenient. And we've talked about that time and time again. But if the church does not talk about these things, then we leave it open for the world to define. One of the taboo taboo topics I want to talk about this morning is this topic of depression. Now, I say that, and you kind of think, that's not really a taboo topic. But, okay, what is your answer then? to this, to these facts that I have for you. I, I, I wept as I read this. And you'll see and you'll understand why in just a second. But depression in the United States affects over 18 million adults, one in 10 in any given year. There are people in here that struggle with depression. It's the leading cause of disability for ages 15 to 44. 15 The 44, I don't know why 44, I don't know what happens at 45, but something happens. Might not be good, but something happens. But from 15 years old, you tell me, what does a 15-year-old have to be depressed about? But if they don't know who they are, and they're built into a generation, born into a generation, stronghold of misinformation and no understanding of identity, the generational stronghold doesn't start new with them. They inherit hundreds of years of a generational stronghold and they just get thrown into it. Poverty doesn't happen overnight. People are born into it. We don't hold those responsible for the poverty they, li- poverty they live in right now. We don't hold them responsible for it. You were born into this. I'm not going to go up to a 15-year-old in Africa that lives in the slums and say, this is your fault. What control did they have of being born into it or born out of it? This was not their decision, and they were born into it. And guess what? It's all they know, so how will they ever leave it if it's all they know? People are born into this. That's why they're so young. It is the primary reason why someone dies of suicide about every 12 minutes. Multiple people have died in this country this morning. They have taken their own lives since we have started our service. Lots. Lots. We've been going for a lot longer than 12 minutes. It's about 41,000 people a year that take their own life. And in comparison, homicide claims less than 16,000 a year. So, People that violently kill one another, gang shootings, all the things that we hear about, these shootings and these people going after one another, it's all we ever talk about, right? And we think, man, we're about one person short of just being completely extinct. Suicide kills twice that every year. The people that kill themselves take their own lives. Internationally, depression affects over 300 million people worldwide, regardless of culture, age, gender, religion, race, or economic status. It is one of the most debilitating conditions on the world with severe depression rated in the same disability category as terminal stage cancer. Terminal cancer and depression, the disabilities that they cause, same category. That they're, and we'll talk about what depression is in a second, but just hold on to those statistics. Suicide was the 10th leading cause of death for all ages in 2013. All ages. And when I say all ages, I mean as young as five years old. Five-year-olds are killing themselves. Parents are coming home to find their five-year-olds hanging themselves by necklaces in their closets. Five-year-olds, that's a kindergartner. What, why would a kindergartner have a concept or understanding and an ability to execute it of suicide, It's not just that they think about it. It's that they think about it, and they know how to do it, and then they do it. It's the second leading cause of death among persons aged 15 to 34 years old, and the third leading cause of death among people 10 to 14. Every day, approximately 110 Americans take their own life and roughly 3,500 attempt to do so every day. And that was in 2013. You tell me if those numbers have gone up or gone down. Since the pandemic, they have shot through the roof. Because now, now we are separated from each other. Isolated from one another, and we can't handle it. That should just show you the importance of being together. Because when we're separated from one another, we end up in this place of suicide. The children under 13, this is a st- statistic was in 2013 as well, every five days, someone under the age of 13 killed themselves. Thirteen. Thirteen. Today, The reason I talk about this today, I didn't know this. I sat in a coffee shop on Tuesday afternoon, and I sat with the Lord, and I heard this statement um, from somebody. I don't even remember what they were talking about. I heard this statement, if the church does not talk about these things, then we leave it open for the world to define. And the Lord brought depression to my mind, and I started writing it out, and I just happened to find out that today is World Mental Health Day. So, the Lord is trying to get our attention with something. Okay? And the world is even recognizing that there's an issue here. There is an issue here and they don't have an answer for it, but they're going to determine their answer. Their answer right now is just medication. They don't know what else to do. Medication, therapy, they know that you got to at least talk to somebody. You've got to talk to somebody. You've got to have a relationship with Somebody. So the world knows that. Why don't we, the church, know that? We think that we can do this life on our own. I've got stats that say you cannot. It is statistically not likely that you will do it very well if you chose to go it alone. Depression is the feeling of severe despondency and dejection. Self-doubt that creeps in and that swiftly turns into depression. So it's... it. It's, it doesn't start, but self-doubt is one of the main... It's, it's like the stump in the tree. Despondency is a state of low spirits caused by loss of hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So they lose hope. They have no, they have no belief in themselves to ever regain it, and then they fall into depression. Okay? Hope is a feeling of expectation... And desire for a certain thing to happen. A feeling of expectation. So, how can there be expectation with no experience or encounter? How does that work? Well, first, do you believe that you can have hope absent Jesus? How many of you have done a good job of maintaining hope in and of yourself on your own with your own power? Just please raise your hand. I'd love to have you up here and share with us how you do it. Because absent Jesus, I cannot hold on to hope and I do not keep it very well. The assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for. It's my experience with Jesus, my encounter with my Lord and Savior, my encounter with my Heavenly Father and the Spirit of God that I can have hope for Him to do what He says He's going to do. And without it, I cannot have any hope. Because it is absent, ex- hope has to have expectation, and you cannot have expectation without experience. So, if you can't have expectation with no experience or, or without encounter, who do they need to encounter? Who must be experienced? I have this question for you. The answer seems obvious to those, but how can we go out to meet the need with no answer? Because the thing is, is we must come readily equipped with the answer that they are seeking. But if we ourselves don't have any hope because we don't have any encounter, we don't have any experience with God, therefore we cannot have any expectation. What answer can you bring? You will bring nothing. Nothing. I love you, but just listen. I'm not coming down on you. I'm just trying to make us recognize the severity of this. Our babies are dying in the streets by their own hand. It's something that is incredibly fixable. If the children of God would be the children of God, if they would recognize that we are here, not of it, but in it, we are here. And we have been equipped with every answer that they need. So we have to do something with those. We have to come with the answer. But if we ourselves do not encounter God and experience God, we cannot bring an answer. Just to continue, just last bit of further understanding on depression. It feels like there is, if you'll just imagine this with me, I'm a visual person, and the Lord just illustrated this, and I know this to be true from those that I've talked to and Uh, my own experiences, but it feels like there is an anchor on your heart that has just been dropped in the deepest depths of the ocean and it pulls and pulls the heart deeper into the darkness and less and less light gets through and less and less hope to be found until it's only darkness and only hopelessness. If you'll just imagine, if you've ever swam in a pool, the deeper you go, the darker it gets. Because light can't get through it, and that is that is depression. 1 Peter five seven, it says, "Cast all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you." Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me, all who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Both of these point to him as the answer. But what happens if you don't know him? What's the answer then? You can't turn to Him if you don't know Him. So who do you turn to? And that's why I'm saying over and over again, it is so important that we are there when they look up. We have to be present in their hard times and in their good times. They have to look up and they have to see us because who else will carry Jesus to them? They will not come in this room. I don't want them to. Not until we've gone to where they are and brought them home wearing a ring and a robe clothed in truth and righteousness. Then bring them in. But I have no expectation for them to just come. There is no expectation on God for them to come. The expectation is for us to go. That's the expectation for us to go. And then they come. But the first thing that we leave out is that we must go. We must go. These Scriptures point to Him as the answer. But if they don't know him, they can't have Him as the answer. And the thing is, is we as, a, as a, a Christian culture, right, we do not talk about encountering God. No one talks about being in His presence because that requires you to receive and believe in the Holy Spirit. He's dangerous. He's unpredictable. He will get you out of your own way. He will give you the desires of the Father's heart, not your desires, but I really want my desires. But you are not put on earth to desire only the things of earth. That's not what you're here for. It's great to have dreams and aspirations to want to start things and build things and put your family in better situations, of course. It's amazing. But if that is the only thing that guides and directs you, you are now of the world and in it. He works all things for the good of those that love Him. And his, your family is His family. They were His first. He'll take care of them. But that cannot be our pursuit. I'm not saying don't have nice things. I'm not saying don't pursue to have nice things and be successful. That's okay. But that cannot be the guiding light of your life. It cannot be. It has to be Him. He has to be our focus and they have to see that He is our focus. The sons and daughters cannot articulate to them The answer because they themselves are not in his presence. Right? How many? Just a general question. How many got kicked out of church because of COVID? Not kicked out, but the doors were shut. We had to shut them. So many people shut them. And I said this in Sunday school I didn't have any problem shutting the doors because I knew there needed to be a reset on the church. There needed to be. Because we just got into this mundane routine. It's just what you did, and Jesus was for Sundays, Monday and through Saturday are for different things, but Jesus gets Sundays, eight to noon. That was it. That's all Jesus got of us. And He broke that. Thank God He broke that. He wanted to break that. But then the doors open back up. It's like, well, but it's actually a lot easier not to be there. We talked about this in Sunday school. Is it? Is loneliness and hopelessness, are those easier to bear than joy and hope? You tell me. Do you like turmoil more than you like joy? I love me some joy. Turmoil kind of sucks and it wears me out. But that's what we get. That's what we get. When we don't pursue His presence We must first, the sons and daughters of God, answer the call to go deeper. We must acknowledge our Father. We are not of the world, but we are in it. Not just in it, but in it with heavenly answers to worldly problems. And the thing is, is there's really no such thing as a worldly problem. There is no such thing as a worldly problem because everything originates between your relationship with God and yourself. Everything. Because if all things were made for Him and through Him, you tell me, what is not included in the all things. Everything is included in that. So the issues that we find today in the world originated somewhere. That's why I can confidently say, the bad things that we see, the bad behavior that we see the world partake in, who taught them that? The church did. We got really good at judging one another, and guess what? They got really good at judging one another, because we showed them how to do it. It originated between us, the church, In our relationship with God, we cast out the Holy Spirit. So they cast out the Holy Spirit. And then because of that, we have seen no works of note in the church. No significance, no power and authority in the church. And so no one wants to be a part of it. Do you blame them? Because they're not finding any answers because they're going through depression and guess who they're seeing next to them? Christians. Now I'm not saying, I'm not making light of depression. And I'm not saying just because you're a Christian, it it will not find you. But the thing is, is you are a victorious son and daughter. There is no place for you in, in in this camp of the victim, the loser. There is no place for you there. I don't care what you say. Does that mean we get dealt good hands all the time? Absolutely not. Life sucks. No one escapes that. And just as he was persecuted, so they will persecute you. He actually says, Get ready, because life's probably going to suck sometimes. Situations happen, things happen. And we can find ourselves in these places, and we can have moments where it's just like, I feel hopeless. But guess what? You can't stay there very long if you're connected to the body of Christ, because we bear it together. And then hopelessness turns into hope again. We can't do it without one another. We can't do it without pursuing the Father first. But we have been equipped with heavenly solutions. We are in the world with perfect answers to every problem. Turn with me to John 16. We'll be in verse 7. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is Mine. Therefore I said that He will take what is Mine and declare it to you. He has the Helper, has every answer for every situation, ready to speak it to those who will seek Him. He promises to lead us into all truth. The Spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. Church, we have been equipped for when they look up at us and the Father has equipped us with the perfect answer answer to the prodigal son in that place that he was in. Just as the Father in this place where he met the prodigal son had the perfect answer, so too have you been equipped with the perfect answer because the Spirit of truth dwells in you. The Spirit of Truth dwells in you, the one that leads all into truth, dwells in you. And He has an answer to every situation and every circumstance. Every situation and every circumstance. He has the answer. But without Him, without engaging Him, we cannot hope. We cannot hope to have an answer to the topics and to the issues that we see today. Depression is the complete loss of hope. So who will who will bring them hope if not us? And would you expect someone with an anchor attached to them just being held down? Would you expect them to get up and come? We have to go to them. That's like expecting someone who's drowning to all of a sudden learn how to swim. That's not how it works. There is a a great rescuing that needs to happen because the sons and daughters of God become activated, taking ownership of the fact that they are in the world, not of it, but that means they are here with answers and the ability to save those around them. That's you. You're equipped to do it. But whether you do it or not is up to you. He died that you could have your choice returned to you to be a part of what he's doing or not but church there are people there i i can't get any closer there are statistics now that we can articulate there are lives attached to our disobedience and there are lives attached to our obedience there are kids that are dying because we are silent And because we are standing still. So stop standing still. Go. Be active. Be in the world. A participant of it. In the world. Actively in front of them. Around them. A part of them. You're not of the world, but you are in it. We are here. And they need you. They are hurting and they are broken. And it's getting worse and worse and worse every single day. This is not a doom and gloom, but we have... I'm not trying to bring the heavy on this morning, but we have got to recognize that there are serious consequences to us not being active. I don't know a better way to say it. There are consequences to you not being who God has created you to be. Just like there is fruit to be seen when you are who God has called you to be, as we saw this morning. We got to experience it. When you are who God has called you to be, others get to be who God has called them to be. But when we are not, others are not as well. I love you. And I know these topics are not easy, but there's a reason that no one talks about them. It's because the topics are not easy. They're heavy and no one gets... I mean, you got to... Like, I'm not expecting an offering plate to be full this morning because the pastor brought the heavy message. Those get full when everybody feels joyful and happy and go lucky and it feels great and then the offering plate gets full. Everybody feels a little bit more generous because that made me feel really good. I can't promise to do that for you. I can promise to love you. Never bring conviction or condemnation, but as a shepherd, articulate the standard of Jesus and see where we're not getting it. That doesn't mean that we are not active, but we have got to recognize That the majority of the church in our country is not. So that means we cannot afford to be inactive. Those that, because I know in this room you've received and know the Holy Spirit. So you cannot afford to be still. Because so many that claim to be brothers and sisters in Christ have said no to the Holy Spirit. And therefore, no to the answers. No to the power. But if you've said yes to them, you really can't stop moving. You've got to go. So I love you, but we have to talk about these things because these are not easy to talk about. And people are just, because of that, because they're not easy to talk about, people aren't talking about them. But guess what? We've got a school. How, How beautifully placed, just like we were talking about with Hallelujah Night or Sundown Fall Festival. Such a great placement this church is. It's really great because it's right across the street from that school. If you want to talk about a place, an entity that should feel the presence of this church first, it should be that school. They're closest. They should be the first to experience the overflow of what the Lord does here. Just as the Lord moves in you, who should be the first to experience it? Your family. Your family should be the first to experience what the Lord does in you, what the Lord does in this church, should it be experienced firsthand by that building over there as it spills over. Amen? So that's the word this morning. Again, I know it's not always easy, but it is important for us to know what we are up against, what we're dealing with, and the fullness and the gravity of what we're dealing with. It's a big thing that we're dealing with, a big thing that's in front of us, and it's something that There is not a person in this room that hasn't been affected by this in some way. My uncle was depressed and killed himself. I know suicide firsthand. I've experienced it. And there are a lot of you that have experienced it and know it and know where depression leads and where it will get you and where it will get the world around us. But guess what? Have hope because we have the answer. We have this ability to bring them back into truth that they would no longer live in this hopelessness but that they would have hope restored to them. Because for the first time they would be welcomed home. They would find their place. They would find their purpose in the body of Christ with us. But we've got to go get them. Are you willing to do that? Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, sundownchurch.com